we've had a busy day so far, so we are delighted to have um, a star as such with us. Um, so here to talk about the Early Music Festival, we have Lyric FM's Vlad Smiskovich and joined with Yonit Kazowski. And they are here to talk about the Early Music Festival, which is taking place in Limerick from the 24th to the 26th of March. So Vlad and Yonit. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Thanks. Um, so many listeners may be familiar with the dulcet tones of your voice, Vlad, um, Lyric FM on Sundays, although I think that hopefully our listeners will be actually listening to Scarif Bay <laughs> and catch you then on the player. Of course. Of course. That's what playback is <laughs> yeah. for. Our, our TV player is yeah. always very handy for letting yeah, those yeah, things happen. Yeah. And so can you just talk us through a little bit about your own background? Right. So, I mean, uh, to answer that ubiquitous Irish question, so where are you from? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a loaded question for either of us, I suppose. Uh, yes, I was born in the U.S. Um, Yonit was, uh, she can tell you her own story, but uh, my, my story is U.S. It has Spain, it has Ukraine, uh, it has uh, and then Ireland yeah. and a few places in between. So nice. that's the short answer. And um, so you yourself are a tenor. I am. I sing as kind of my, that's one of my daily breads, as yes. it were. Uh, was there music in the family? Uh, there was music in the family. I mean, I suppose, uh, you know, uh, there was always music in the house all, all mm. the time. And, uh, you know, my mom would sing and, and listen to music. My dad played guitar and sang, listen to music. But uh, I think I was the first one to choose this uh, less than profitable yes. way of making yeah, a living. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and in terms of what drew you to classical music? That was also in the house. I mm. suppose uh, that was uh, in between that and traditional music, and um, a lot. Of, there was a lot of opera. My dad uh, loves opera. Okay. And uh, and there was also a touch of early music here and there, mm. uh, and that's kind of how I got into it through the LPs stacked yes. there below the record player. And can you define what is early music? Good question. It's uh, not because uh, my own show happens to be at 7 a.m. or any other reason (laughs) that I get (laughs) ribbed for, but rather because um, it's both a, a, you could say, a time period, and it's also a bit of a a way of performing Mm. and researching, but also expressing uh, the music. You could say, broadly speaking, maybe early 1800s and backwards for several thousand years. Okay. Wow. You know, I mean, for, for... Early music uh, uh, performers, Beethoven is pretty very, modern. Very, yes. Okay, yes, right? okay, yeah. And uh, and then so you have uh, you have that side of things, and then you also have the approach, which is something that's common to every good musician, which is uh, being able to express music uh, in a way that that tells the story. Yes. Okay. And, yeah. and what's you may not be able to answer this, but what's the first recording as such of music of the earliest music? The first recording of the yeah, earliest yeah. music. Well, it, it, there's two ways of answering it. What's the earliest recordings that we have? Those you could call those already early music. If you have a cylinder recording from the early 20th se- century, yeah. for example, those would be a perfect and ca- time capsule. Yes. But what we don't have is a recording of anything before that. Yes, obviously, yeah. we can't go and hear how Bach performed because th- there were no recordings. But obviously. even in terms of it's, but it's documented as such. So when I'm talking about recording, I don't mean necessarily oh, recorded, an audio, yeah, but an actual recorded, recorded early music. Okay. Well, this is this is an interesting thing. I might, might pass this to. Um, well, I, I, I may <laughs> or may she's not. She's not right here. <laughs> Yonit, you're, you're here. Not. You're going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually. I don't want to be doing all the talking. Um, uh, but, okay, so recorded documents, 
there are plenty of those. And yeah. and those are the things that we as uh, early music performers look at whenever we are preparing to perform something. Any good musician would research the piece that they're doing so they have yeah. context. What happened during that time in society informs how the music was. But mm. also the way of performing it. There are a lot of documents that tell us that how so-and-so uh, bowed, that's in a treatise. How, uh, you know, Mozart didn't like one singer over another, that helps singers today figure out how to perform music of Mozart's time. Oh, interesting. All yeah. of these things are parts of a big detective game, and yeah. the detective game is not just for the sake of the game. It's yes. so that we can tell the story in a more convincing way. Because if you play everything as though it were you know, uh, a Rossini opera, it's going to all sound like a Rossini opera yeah. and not like Bach, not like yeah. the music that came before, not the music that came after, things like that. I'm always curious because I'm in the Limerick Choral Union and mm -hmm. so we had the absolute joy of performing Handel's Messiah um, last December and I grew up with my father always playing Handel's Messiah and especially Unto Us a Child is Born for every mm -hmm. time a grandchild was born that got blared in the house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so it was very special for me to be able to sing it but also he was there in the audience. But I'm always curious about the fact that you will have, like that, all of the well-known performers, but their music is repeatedly performed by different orchestras, different choirs. Yet, how do you, I suppose, understand where the nuance difference is? Like, why are they continually re-recorded? Is it not just a case of, yeah. is it that they feel, oh, well, we could do it better or we can do it slightly different? Like... I don't know. What's the approach? Uh, on I have that? a funny feeling there's probably two or three things at play there. One yeah. of them is the, the thing that, you know, if you love a song or a piece of music, you may just want to record it for the sake of, of having it down the way that you love doing it, the way that you interpret it. That's one thing. That's you're telling your story about that piece. Yeah. But then there are people who um, are, that's, you know, their job is to kind of dig out what's new about doing a piece a certain way. Yeah. Um, you know, Messiah, but according to, uh, you know, the, the, the cuts that were found in a manuscript somewhere, I'm just making part of yes, that up. Yes, yeah, yeah. But, you know, if, the, if you found something that was unique, a unique document, mm. you might say, oh, this really kind of turns upside down everything that we thought about this piece. Yeah. So why not try to uh, perform it in that way so that we can figure out maybe this is a viable way of, of doing it. I'm you actually know. performing it, yeah. Now, you're neat. As I said, you're here. We'll make you talk. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about your own background? Sure. Um, I, I was born on this side of the ocean. My father used to be a chaplain in the American Army, so I was born in Germany. And at four months old, they moved back to the United States, uh, where they're from. And I have lived all over the United States. Uh, I actually grew up in the Deep South in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, Beautiful. Hidden Dormant is a Southern drawl. I actually once upon a time had a Southern accent. Yeah. Um, and when I was 15 or 16, my parents moved to Boston, which is where they are now. Okay. And um, we moved here almost 12 years ago. And then in terms of your own connection to early music? My own connection to early music, um, I think I've always loved early music. My earliest memory of um, early music was actually when I was about four or five years old, falling in love with Johann Sebastian Bach on yeah. a recording that my father played. And um, we went to a lot of concerts uh, when I was growing up, live concerts, and that was very informative for me. And I started playing piano when I was about six or seven, and I remember thinking, I can't wait until I'm good enough till I can play early music, especially music by Johann Sebastian Bach. And that was really the seed for my career. And you yourself are a performer? I am a performer. I'm a harpsichordist and a pianist. 
Nice. And so will you both be actually performing at the festival? Can you tell us a bit about the festival? Yeah, this year both of us will be on the roster. It's sometimes it ends up yes, sometimes no. Our first festival did include us, last year's did not. But this year, uh, Yonit is going to be pretty highly featured. She can tell you about the things she's on. I will be there uh, doing a few uh, more, uh, let's just say, ornamental bits. I'm, I'll be playing castanets. Oh, wow. <laughs> one as one hidden, does. And will you be doing the dance yes. as well? <laughs> no, the dance will be done by a professional. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> My dancing days are done. You are singing in one piece. Yes, sorry. I, uh, I am singing in one piece with the Limerick uh, New Music Ensemble. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. which is uh, really exciting. A uh, piece by Trina Walsh and with the ensemble there. Uh, so, yeah. Yonit, you've got plenty to do. Yes, Yonit. Yes, I am wearing multiple hats in uh, our um, upcoming production. I'll actually be performing this year in three of our concerts. Um, I was trying to count how many pieces I'm performing the other day, and I think it's something like 32, maybe. <laughs> um, wow. So there's a lot to prepare, and I'm really, really excited, in particular for these concerts this year. Um, on Saturday... At 1 p.m., we have a lunchtime concert called Fentangled, and that's the concert on which Vlad is performing castanets. Um, <laughs> it's Spanish and Latin-inspired. We have um, fandangos and tangos, lots of harpsichords, and we actually have a wonderful guest coming in from the United States. Her name is Asako Hirabayashi, and she's a composer and she's a virtuoso harpsichordist. And we're featuring at least, uh, is it five, seven, a lot of her pieces wow. on that concert. And Rachel Factor, who's a colleague and friend of mine, is also a harpsichordist coming in from Wicklow. And then, of course, as Vlad said, we have Giovanna, who is dancing on that program. And what's unique about that concert is that it is almost entirely contemporary pieces of music, yeah. except for one piece of early music by Boccherini at the end. That's a well-known um, one. Yeah. Which is a, a well-known piece. And then, and then I'm also performing on two other concerts. The opening night concert is our exciting uh, choral concert at St. Mary's Cathedral. It is Bach and Family. Um, we can tell you more about that. So I'll be playing chamber organ on that. And then on Sunday, we have another very unique collaboration with the Limerick New Music Ensemble. And we're performing Irish premieres and world premieres of their pieces. Their uh, director is the composer Fiona Lanan. Mm. And um, she's actually written a new piece for harpsichord and tape. And the tape, the recordings, are of a project or inspired by a project that she had last year working with the Limerick Bat Group. So the recordings are about the lesser Bats. horseshoe bat. Oh, and, wow. Um, okay. It's a really great piece. So we have lots on offer. Wow, you really do. I'm curious, though, and I, I hark back to one of my favorite shows, The West Wing, and in it is like um, President Bartlett, and he's a f real fan of classical music, and he was going along to, I don't know, was it the Reykjavik orchestra were performing something now obviously this is all fiction but somebody said oh the composer was so excited Mr. President that you were coming along he was still working on the piece and he said yeah that's not classical music so he said something that was written the night before isn't classical classical goes back to hundreds of years <laughs> so when you have I'm, I'm curious for the fact that the festival is a focus on early music you're collaborating with the Limerick New Music so how do you define if somebody's creating something new now? Is it in the style of early music or how do you differentiate? Well, good, good questions, all of those. Um, to start, 
off by saying that, uh, and I'm not the first one to say it, not my words, every music was once new music. Yes. Johann Sebastian Bach was writing his cantatas every week and sometimes finishing them the night before. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And what makes it classical music? Uh, does it, is it the style uh, that it's written in? I mean, we call what's called, uh, what we're doing, contemporary art music. Mm. I think what art music might be the, the better catch-all term, classics, yeah. is already a kind of another catch-all term, the classics, right? Yes, and, yeah. and the classics can be anything. They can be the classics from the 60s, uh, it could be, you know, other type of classics, but classical music classics. Um, yeah, that's that's a whole different category. So what about this um, new music, early music connection? Mm. And how can we, you know, do, be doing both? Well, actually, I think it's totally logical. Um, and uh, the new music, early music connection, you'll find in the performers, mm. a lot of the same performers who do early music are also dedicated to other types of new music, either contemporary new art music, jazz, which is mm. a highly improvised, uh, and uh, in many cases, highly improvised, and in a lot of uh, cases, it's very new. Yeah. And some of and it also has its own classics. Yes. But, yeah. um, you know, there are so many points of contact, so many crossings. I mean, we call them the bookends for that yeah. reason, the old and the new. Yeah. And they fit so well together because they both need this spirit of exploration, discovery, mm. curiosity, a bit of reverence for what came before mm. as well. And I say a bit of reverence because what early music is not is definitely not this blind museum piece seeking thing. Yeah. It is about finding the beauty in this sound world, this sonic world that came centuries before in a lot of cases, but it also has to do with the instruments, which is why we're exploring new music that way. This ties in 100% to the title of our Sunday afternoon 1 p.m. concert with the Limerick New Music Ensemble. The title of that concert is Dialogue, or Dialogues, Creative Conversations Between New and Old. Um, and the title was inspired by a treatise written by Vincenzo Galilei, who was Galileo's father. Okay. He was a lutenist. Yes. <laughs> And he was also a music theorist, and he wrote a treatise with nearly the exact same name mm. on dialogues discussing or exploring new music and ancient music. So yes. this was around 1581 that this <laughs> treatise was written, and then they were talking about connections, comparing and contrasting old music yeah. and new music. Yeah. Um, so I don't think we have a definition. What is old music? And what is new? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think probably for me, like I love the likes of Spotify and I come across all new composers and you're, if you just let it play, all of a sudden these different songs come up. But like I would have always been a big fan of the likes of, say, Carl Jenkins. I had the pleasure of uh, performing in their summer school with Anuna, so Michael McGlynn, mm. and then was with Anima, with Bernard Sexton. So there's people mm. that more on the choral side, but very much really focused on honouring the old music as well and kind of bringing that more to the fore. How accessible is it for people to move into that space of composing and kind of engaging in with early music? Gosh, well, I mean, it, it's accessible as you can make it. I mean, yeah. it, you can always, it can always be accessible. And those are some great examples that you came up with. In fact, Carl Jenkins, it's a funny thing to bring up Carl Jenkins. You know that he has these connections to older things like, you know, there's the Omar May, the Armed Man Mass. Yes, that it, yeah. his, that's a connection going back to medieval Which we performed masses, in Limerick. Which yeah, we performed. A, I think and it's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, the Choral Union yeah, did it. Yeah, in yeah, fact, yeah. Yonit was in that concert. And hopefully in fact, doing it next Christmas. Oh, hopefully. Great. Fingers crossed. 
plugging it in there. Please do it. <laughs> Absolutely. But I mean, you know, Carl Jenkins, what was he involved in before he was a classical music composer? He yeah. was in Soft Machine and a bunch of these other prog rock groups. Right. And prog rock, which I love, by the way, yeah. and not mm-hmm. only myself, but also tons of early music. Uh, and people can I just, there are fans. Just, just for our listeners, what is prog rock? Prog or progressive rock. Yeah. That's a type of rock that came in the 60s and 70s. Now, I'll rattle off a few quick names like Genesis, the old one with Peter Gabriel. Oh, nice. Before it was more kind yeah, of popish yeah, with yeah. Phil Collins uh, time, but even with some of the early Phil Collins stuff, um, Egg, Gentle Giant, Soft Machine with Carl yeah, Jenkins, yeah. Uh, uh, King Crimson. I love the, King Crimson. That's oh all prog God. rock. So, love, I mean, yeah. you know, even Pink Floyd is yes, prog rock. So yeah. it's this kind of... Uh, a hallucinogenic kind of rock and yeah, roll, but yeah. it was really experimental. It's another common thread, and people are actually already in that groove if they listen to that kind of music. Yeah, so yeah. you can go in through that doorway if you want. A lot of lutenists that play the lute uh, yes. and some of our kind of more revered figures of lute playing, they were electric guitarists before that. Nice. And I can I can tell you some who are, they've already passed on to the other realm who yes. are, were at Woodstock and then became like uh, lute virtuosos afterwards. So it's not, the, the worlds are not, uh, you know, universes apart. They are so close. Mm. And it's because of that spirit of, of exploration, of excitement about what this music is and this sound world. It's, it's all very connected. So that's really why it's accessible. Yeah. It's only inaccessible if we think it's, Lofty, elevated, and abstract. Yes. Which yeah. it wasn't in its time. Yeah. Sure, it was a lot of there were a lot of kings and queens and money and politics, but when is there not? Yes. Ca- yeah, yeah, yeah. Translate Leaders, kings for yeah. CEOs yeah, yeah. and you know big labels for governments or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, yeah. it's all part of the same and, and history. Yeah. Can I just ask? Yeah. I mean, obviously Ireland is is associated with its traditional Irish music. Absolutely. So, from your own uh, time in in RT Lyric FM. Uh, what what is the response from people with regards to the music you play? Is it becoming more popular? You classical mean music as a whole as well? Well, uh, on the side of classical music, uh, Ireland has such a unique history together with classical music. It's got, it's both troubled on one side because, you know, of the period under English rule, there's a lot of associations that come in that, you know, a lot of, especially early music, that it's associated with things from the colonial time. But at the same time, there are so many early, early roots in Ireland of, uh, you know, music that goes back thousands years plus. There's also there are also a lot of roots from the more recent history where people who were um, part of Ireland's music scene were were actually bringing early music to the modern uh, audiences. You know, I mean, uh, you've, you've got uh, Beckett's own. I think it was brother was part of one of the biggest uh, you know revival groups of early music, and we had early music groups here, Concert of Saint Sepulchre in Ireland. It, it's all interwoven into this scene. So people have had it in their memories. They they find it interesting. Classical music as a whole is part of the fabric in a popular way in in Ireland but you know it's just kind of in it's in multiple levels and I'll tell you mm-hmm. one thing we were really heartened to see how many people uh, really valued classical music when, when you know when lyric had its own yes. issues that, that yeah, uh, yeah absolutely worth and like, to close, yeah. lyric is just for me really it's the only apart from Scarf Bay Lyric is, is the, the one that I listen You're to. All very important. I start my day with Absolutely. Marty, um, and like he's also a fellow Clontarfer. Um, but yeah. in terms of Lyric as well, like, like it's amazing. I always remember one of the first television adverts for Lyric was, I think it was 
was it a prison warden or somebody was in prison and he basically just put his feet up and all the prisoners were just being so nice and polite to each other and can I could you pass the sugar because Lyric was playing in the background and it was all gentle classical music and it was all about kind of keeping people calm and um, but I think the thing with Lyric as well is it's so important to people to connect because it's not just classical music on lyric like you've got the blue of the night you've got you know um, I can't remember the the John Kelly show yeah mystery train mystery train but there's always so so many kind of different styles of music but it is very much centred around probably maybe older classical music but in terms of your own show is it predominantly early music that you feature? I would be what's called, uh, they call it a specialist show. And okay. we, sure, it's a specialist show because I have a remit that's, it looks much more limited. But I always like to joke, I actually have the biggest historical remit yes. out of all the shows. Yeah. Because I get to play 6,000 years of music. Everybody yeah. else kind of concentrates on 100 or 200 yeah. years of music uh, history. The The truth is, is that we all are specialists and we all are eclectic in our mm. own way. Yeah. One of the biggest strengths of any radio station is the eclecticity. And you know the, this yourself here with Scarif Bay Radio, that yeah. it's eclectic because of the community nature. Mm. Lyric, it's just a little bit bigger. It's yes. an island yeah. worth yes. of eclectic. Yeah. But, but that's why we have all these shows that are so different. We get the opportunity at different times of the day to serve people with different kinds of music and, and information. Yeah. And especially the music and the feeling of connecting to that music. That's where the community comes in. Mm. Um, you know, we have the, the classical bias of the station, yes. which is fine. And it's actually quite beautiful because that gets translated into so many different ways for each presenter mm. and each program. And, and can I, yeah. sorry, Jennifer, just before, can I just ask how long you wish uh, Lyric FM and how did you get into it? So uh, I used to be a course director at the University of Limerick. And uh, after that was finished, I went over to Lyric. That was in 2015 when I started with them doing intervals and, and uh, covering for other colleagues. Uh, and then they gave me my own show called yeah. The Astro Lab. And you didn't have to study journalism or anything like that for no, that? No, no, I, no. I came because I, I, w- I knew I knew the field of yeah. music yes. and I was able to talk about it and tell a story because I was already a performer. And so I suppose they brought me in on that side of things. Nice. Yes. And I learned the ropes elsewhere. Very good, yeah. very good. Well, can I just say, just to wrap up, um, so thank you so much to both of you for coming in and for your time. Can you just give us an overview again of the festival, just the details? details, the dates and what people should expect. That's right. And we'll also be mentioning uh, that I have some posters and flyers f- to leave with you here. Oh, so thank that you. you can have so I have a job. <laughs> have a job. Well, it's more than anything, so you can continue to tell your listeners yeah, yeah. whenever you have a chance. But we'll be leaving in uh, Scarif mm. Library and around uh, town as well. But we'll be starting off on Friday. That'll be our opening on the concert. 24th. 24th of March. That's uh, St. Mary's Cathedral with uh, Roots and Branches, the Bach family tree. Beautiful choral music by Bach with the uh, Festival Orchestra and Encore Choir, Sagittarius Habernensis Choir from the cathedral there, and also the St. Mary's uh, uh, Cathedral Choir. Going to be joining forces for all that gorgeous music by Bach and his family. Uh, Then Saturday, we'll be starting all the concerts in the bell table. Saturday 25th, uh, we'll start off with uh, the Fantangled concert of uh, dances and lots of harpsichords. And yes, castanets. And uh, then we'll have a solo lute concert with Polish connections with Michał Gondko. That's uh, going to be uh, in the afternoon, 4 p.m. And uh, then uh, we have the evening concert, which is 
Toy Story. It's uh, at 8 p.m. at the bell table. Uh, that is Corina Marti. She's going to be playing on medieval harpsichords and Renaissance harpsichords. Right. Uh, you, I guarantee you will be the first time you hear a clavicimbalum in Ireland. I'm pretty sure that it'll be the first time. Oh, so don't miss it. I have no idea. Yeah. What yeah. Exactly. Like, that sounds lovely. It's, it's a medieval <laughs> harpsichord and it fits on a little table uh, no bigger than, uh, than oh. you know, a little, you know, kind of Kind of reminds me, I know you're just going to wrap up about what's happening on the Sunday, but um, Patrick Moore, do you remember the... Um, was he the astronomist? Uh-huh. And he used to see him. He's, I think he passed away a number of years ago. But he used to come on and talk about the stars and the planets. But he also played the xylophone. And right. I remember it was just such a bizarre thing. Because he'd be yeah. going, and the next yeah. time he'd be like, I oh, know, Patrick Moore and xylophone. And he'd be going, what? <laughs> <laughs> but again, it was that, that kind of size of the, what's the name of the instrument again? It's called clavicimbalum. And it's because it has a, sorry, I have a little little schedule here that we can, uh, we can look at. Um, that clavicimbalum is just the, the very early medieval harpsichord. And so it's, it's, uh, it's part of uh, that. That's the reason of the title, Toy Story. Um, Saturday at p.m., the bell table, that wraps up Saturday. Then Sunday, Dialogues is that new music, uh, early music connection at 1 p.m., uh, Sunday at uh, 2 p.m., right after that dialogue, so you can meet all the p- composers, also in Bell Tables Foyer. Uh, grand Solo is 19th century romantic guitar with Enrica Savigny. Uh, she's going to be playing romantic uh, period guitar, so 19th century there, um, on the instruments from the period. And then finally, our finale concert, Cuolar Seclarci, which is tunes of the Irish harpers. Uh, we'll get to hear um, Steve Cooney, uh, Eamon Sweeney, Siobhan Armstrong and Cormac Branagh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you were listening to trad w- before we began the program, and yes. there's a reason for that because my first music was Galician trad music through my Spanish side, and so it's also connected to early music, like all of the traditions here in Ireland and elsewhere around the Atlantic. That's over at 8 p.m. at the Bell Table, Kiolarsa Clarci for uh, the Lime Tree Theatre.ie. By the way, is the um, tickets uh, website. Perfect. Um, Twenty and fifteen euro tickets for that. So hope that folks can can get to that's great that, no yeah. I was just thinking with harps we have a huge uh, connection here in East yep. Clare to harps because we have the Chim Graney Harp Festival mm. yes. uh, which comes on I think is it in very soon actually yeah, the end of March the end, end of March, March yeah, yeah. Um, so definitely check that out well but absolutely will and I hope that they can check us out yeah absolutely well, I think there'll be a huge interest in the festival yeah. so thank you so much for your time so um, Jonat Kazowski and Vlad I was going to say Smishkevich. Smishkevich. Apologies for that. Um, So thank you so much. And again, as everybody uh, can check out Vlad and his show on Lyric. Um, And also just to make sure that you book the tickets, you turn up and enjoy early music. And myself and Jim are on on that weekend. So we will definitely play another tune and give another shout out but for now thank you so much for your time and uh, we look forward to hearing how it all goes thank you both thank you so much thank you all thanks